The pads were popping at the UC Health Training Center for day six of Broncos camp. Some players were banged up. One Broncos player left out on a cart. One key wide receiver missed due to COVID protocol. But in general, the competition between various positions wears on. In Broncos camp, we recap, we react all of today's brand new episode of Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of the show. Locked On Broncos is your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke. Broncos analyst for the Locked On NFL Network and 9 News. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Broncos. Engage with us there. Make sure you follow my man, Sarah Bettinger, at Sarah Bettinger, who's going to join us for the show Next week, officially the co-host of Lockdown Broncos. But ladies and gentlemen, let's get into all the action on today's episode of the show. A lot to discuss. Day six of Broncos camp in the books. First day of pads. And I tell you what, going back, I miss that feeling of having that first padded practice where you're putting the shoulder pads on. You're making sure that it's nice and snug. That you make sure you have your knee pads and your thigh pads. Well, then again, in the NFL, most players don't wear knee pads or thigh pads to protect their quads and their knees. I can never do it. I'm sorry because, you know, you get a helmet there on the crown. It is brutal. Your knee swells up like a big balloon. Not playing with it, but the NFL, they don't have, uh, you know, strict rules on that as they do at the high school level uh, and even at other levels. But uh, all about player safety. But the pads came on. There was a little bit more popping and a lot more physicality at the UC Health Training Center for day six of Broncos camp. And what we saw open things up was an emphasis on a run approach for the Broncos because when you don't have pads on, you can run in between. You don't want to make sure you get too close to guys when you're wearing your shells just because you might bang knees with guys. Now, when you have the pads on, you're going to get a little bit of a thump, but the defense is still coached by the Broncos to do run bys, Make contact, but don't drive through necessarily. It's You're going to have to ease your way into that in the next coming practices year ahead. You saw already at the Carolina Panthers, their first day of padded practice, they had one DB clock one of their wide receivers and it sent that wide receiver to the hospital and obviously the the Panthers waved that defensive back quickly you never want to take out your frustrations you never want to make a play that's going to hurt your teammates and I understand there's a fine line between physical contact because you have pads and just a malicious intent so the Broncos they want to avoid that Vic Fangio wants to avoid any type of skirmishes from happening obviously a big brawl in New York with the New York Giants the Broncos week one opponent Joe Judge ripped them all but so far, not an issue for the Broncos, but let's get into some of our Broncos news and notes from day six of camp at the UC Health Training Center. Broncos wide receiver KJ Hamler was not at practice here today. He was placed on the COVID reserve list, and Broncos head coach Vic Fangio said in his post-practice press conference that KJ, he could be back tomorrow. So this is something we're going to continue to keep our eye on. Obviously, as the NFL, they're at a 90% vaccination rate across the board. The Minnesota Vikings are the least vaccinated team, and that is a team that the Broncos have joint training camp practices with next week. This could be a little bit of a cause for concern, and we'll see if those joint practices actually do happen. So something to keep your eye on. But in terms of K.J. Hamler, when he does come back, Broncos special teams coordinator Tom McMahon had touched on it earlier today, is that K.J. Hamler, he wants to be a punt returner. He wants to be the guy back there. So really there is a big-time competition between Deontay Spencer and K.J. Hamler. Now McMahon notes that K.J.'s level of maturity is much higher this year. He is so focused, and he wants it. 
but he says that the key for him is catching the ball first. We know what type of explosive athlete that KJ is. However, you have to be able to compartmentalize that factor in. When that ball is in the air, you got to focus on getting that ball, securing it first, not dipping your eyes down to see if the gunner's coming to blast you. If that's the case, fair catch, wave it, bam, secure, nice and tight inside of the bread basket there. But KJ Hamler obviously will be working in there. And McMahon has said that other guys are involved in that competition as well. But really, right now, it's very serious between Deontay Spencer and KJ Hamler. So we'll see how that impacts the Broncos' options when they keep depth guys. Now, obviously, if you can have KJ Hamler returning punts, you may not need to keep Deontay Spencer on the roster. But at this point, I think from our experiences, Deontay Spencer hasn't done enough to lose the job yet. So you have to go through as a coaching staff and the player personnel side, and you have to evaluate whether or not that is feasible, that is the best move for this team at this time. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, in terms of some injury sides, Cam Fleming, one of the Broncos, right tackle prospects to be in line for starting, rolled his ankle yesterday and sat out of Tuesday's practice at the UC Health Training Center. He could be back on Wednesday, and then the Broncos will have Thursday off before they continue practice on Friday, Saturday, and everything else you have going on around the NFL with the Hall of Fame game this week. But for Cam Fleming, Obviously, right now, I think anytime you're not able to have on-field reps, specifically day one of practice in pads, you lose those reps. They go to the two guys ahead of you. I think it kind of creates a little bit of separation. Now, this isn't like the quarterback competition where Broncos fans, I think, are looking for one guy to just completely separate in comparison to the other. The right tackle competition could be decided earlier than the quarterback position. So we'll keep our eye on that, but Cam Fleming could return as well. There was one injury on Tuesday's practice. Cody Conway, an offensive lineman, was carted off the field with a knee injury. Big Fangio says they have no idea what the extent is of that injury just yet, but he was a depth option. Probably would have played a lot in the preseason with the second and third team, but obviously you know, one of those key injuries going down when the cart comes out, it's never a good thing. So hopefully he is okay. We'll find out a little bit more this week. We'll keep you updated here on the podcast. And then outside of that day, on Sizer, one of the Broncos defensive line depth options there. He went down in one-on-one drills and he got rolled up on. So he had a little bit of a leg ankle injury. Vic Fangio says we don't know the extent of that injury as well. So Broncos keeping an eye on all things, but for the most part, relatively healthy. Kareem Jackson, he had a veteran's day off. So no sign for concern for Broncos fans that were worried about KJ not getting reps. We'll talk about the Broncos defense and some of our news and notes a little bit later in the show. But coming up here in just a moment, we're going to talk about the Broncos offense. First day of pads. What are you looking for? What are coaches looking for? And what did Pat Shermer have to say? Some interesting tidbits and also what Vic Fangio had to say about maybe one quarterback getting first team reps for an entire day. We'll go through that discussion coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, folks, I have to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode of the show. That's a good friends over there, betonline.ag. And betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The NFL season is officially here this week. You have the Hall of Fame game between the Dallas Cowboys, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you can put your money on the line at betonline. .ag. You can get all your latest news, sporting info, and odds all over there in one place on NFL, NHL, MLB, NBA, and all of your UFC and MMA action to stay in the loop. You don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game this season with Bet Online. So right now, I want you to head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. And when you sign up, you can get 50% off your first deposit bonus by using promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Continuing on with our discussion here, day six, Broncos camp in the books. The pads, they come on tomorrow again. Day two, the physicality will ramp up a little bit. Vic Fangio had mentioned in his post-practice presser that it's all about 
reserving, right? Being smart with how you go about physical contact. Now, in accordance to the NFL, the NFLPA, and the new CBA agreement that the players had signed, there is a limitation on the amount of physical contact that teams can have. So while they may ramp things up initially, they will be given a little bit of a grace period, and they'll get some time where they don't have pads and obviously some walkthrough periods that will help aid in recovery. The Broncos, obviously, having players go through treatment, rest, recovery, eating in the cafeteria, hydration, they are stressing and they are emphasizing that to every player. And hopefully every other NFL team is doing the same because you have to take care of your body outside of the day-to-day, right? Being a football player is their job, but in between that, your job is also to take care of yourself, make sure that you're hydrated fully and that you're not putting yourself in any precarious situations, which we see a lot of players do. Uh, That's just the nature of the beast in uh, a multi-billion dollar corporation. But outside of that, all things are looking well for the Broncos so far, six days through training camp at the UC Health Training Center next week. Obviously, some joint training camp practices that are scheduled Not sure if they'll actually happen considering some of the landscape events right now in the NFL. We'll see, but that leads up to next Saturday's preseason opener on the road against the Minnesota Vikings. So we'll have some Broncos action, a lot of position battle storylines that we got you covered here on the podcast. But let's get into our Broncos offensive news and notes here for the day. Everyone wants to talk about the quarterback competition. We'll touch on it briefly here. No quarterback really separated themselves amongst each other there. Uh, And really, I think a lot of it is based on script. And I think that Pat Shermer had a very interesting note in his post-practice presser on Tuesday talking to the media where he said, you know, we have scripts and we have specific drills that we will work on where today, for example, on Tuesday, the Broncos, they were throwing incompletions on purpose, right? So there was a period where the clock was running. You had to throw for incompletions in order to stop the clock. That is a situational football drill. While many people may not understand why the hell that they would do it, you have to be aware. Now, Tom Brady, remember Tom Brady last year holding up the four, but he spiked the ball on fourth down game over. I mean, That right there was one of the funniest events I think we've seen in the last couple of years. But in the heat of the moment, the NFL game, when you have thousands of fans, not even that, 76,000 fans in Denver, loud fans roaring, and you hear that, the stadium shaking, you're trying to listen to your coach in the headset. Sometimes you can get caught up. You can lose awareness of the time. You can lose awareness of maybe what down it is. And sometimes, too, even the guys on the side that are in charge of you know changing it from first down to second down, sometimes they're slow at getting that changed. And so that could obviously play a little bit of a role there. But Pat Shermer said, hey, we are practicing these situational things that will help us maybe be better in season. It may not make sense now. To the people that were in attendance at Broncos camp, they're probably wondering, what the hell is going on? That is a drill that you do work on. It's all about situational football. You know, on Monday, it was a move the ball drill. You know, Tuesday, it was this throw the ball out of bounds, stop the clock, you know, so you don't risk maybe getting tackled in bounds. You work on all these different plays and you do it against different looks against the defense, obviously, or you can do it on air. And then you do two minute drills against air. You also do it against the defense. So the Broncos will play around and they'll have these different drills and they'll have these different periods where they are working on specific situational football drills. But neither of the quarterbacks had any kind kind of flashy plays and say, hey, okay, this guy's separating himself. And look, the Broncos said that they're really not in a hurry to name a starter. I mean, one thing that Vic Fangio said that they could do is that on one day, they could potentially give one guy all of the first team reps But Pat Shermer kind of countered and said, look, regardless of who you see in there at quarterback, sometimes you're going to get this quarterback in there, and he's not going to have a guy like Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, or Cortland Sutton. He's going to have these different receivers because we are rotating so many guys at various levels of positions just to get them reps so that if they do start or if they do have to come in at any point, they have enough reps to be comfortable in being that backup. And it gives coaches more data on evaluating guys behind the initial projected starters. 
That's so important, right? And then behind your other depth guys, you have to factor in, if I'm looking at offensive linemen, right? You have five guys on the starting offensive line. You need at least four guys as backups, one guy who can play a swing position, guard tackle, guard center, a couple of guys there. And then you need some depth behind them. I think the NFL, you can carry extra offensive linemen into game day just in case which I think is a great rule. And hopefully the NFL at one point expands the overall active rosters at some point down the road. I think it'd be beneficial. And I think it would give you know more opportunities to guys. But right now I will take the fact that the Broncos and the NFL, they will have 16 practice squad slots available. So they'll be able to designate certain guys there, but getting enough data on these players to see if they're worth putting into a developmental process with the coaching staff, that's going to be critical. So on that front, you love that about the offensive side of the ball. There's so many nuances in the personnel department that we don't always get to talk about. So if you ever have any personnel questions about how front offices view roster building and everything like that, hey, put it in the comment section down below. Message me on Twitter at Cody Work NFL. I would love to have that conversation with you. I don't get as much time to here on the podcast. We have so much that we have to get to. But outside of that, the right tackle position, still an ongoing competition right now. Cam Fleming obviously missed Tuesday's practice, so that meant that Calvin Anderson and Bobby Massey got reps. Calvin got the reps to start the day, but it was rotating every two reps. So both of those players received a lot of reps on Tuesday at the right tackle position, mixing and matching against Von Miller. Bradley Chubb getting into the mix in some team period a little bit more. You love to see that, but getting that valuable work that they will need to be ready for the preseason. And evidently, I think the ultimate goal is to be ready week one against the New York Giants at MetLife Stadium, 2.25 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff. Uh, so you're looking at that competition ongoing. I'm hoping that there could be a resolution maybe after the second preseason game as to who will be the starting right tackle for the Broncos. That is my timeline. I think that's when we'll get a little bit of an answer. But Broncos country, who do you want to win that right tackle competition? Would you like to go with a guy like Calvin Anderson who has a lot of potential, a lot of upside, and is not that costly in terms of overall contract, but maybe an in-house option that could be a long-term solution at that position? Or do you go with Bobby Massey, who is a one-year rental right now, who is a veteran player who has good experience and is the safer pick? That's a dilemma right now, I think, that Broncos fans are having. But for the organization, it'll be based on who gives them the best chance to win games, to have solidarity on the offensive line for once. And that's the big hope for the Broncos this upcoming season. And some other offensive news and notes from Tuesday's practice, there was a heavy emphasis on the run game. Like I mentioned earlier, in mini camp, in the first part of training camp with no pads, you're not going to have any contact. It's, it's very prohibited by the NFL. You don't want guys to you know get injured or banged up early on. And running backs at the time when they put the shoulder pads on, you're going to lower that shoulder a little bit. Javante Williams was at practice today, lowering his shoulder, initiating some contact, not shying away from it. There was one play that I absolutely loved. The Broncos had a fullback, and it was Adam Prentice, who was a rookie this year for the Broncos. They had a counterplay with Royce Freeman, and Prentice did a great job pulling alongside, taking a great angle, knocking down one guy, and knocking that one guy into another guy. So taking out two defenders on the outside, which sprung Royce Freeman for what would have been a touchdown in a game. So we talk about the fullback position. Could Prentice come in and maybe stink that from Andrew Beck? I think a lot of it goes down to that tight end three competition between Beck, Saubert, Bayer, and then we look at uh, Austin Fort, who's also had an impressive training camp so far. There are so many options that the Broncos could go with right now. It would be asinine, I think, for us to sit here and say, okay, this guy's going to win this position competition. We have to see the data against another team in NFL preseason action, which we're going to have you covered here next Saturday when the Broncos play the Minnesota Vikings on the road. I am absolutely stoked about that. Broncos country, I can't wait to share this journey. Can't wait to talk Broncos football with you all year long here on the Locked On 
Broncos podcast. But outside of that, the heavy run emphasis will probably continue. We might see a little bit more balance in the coming days, 50-50 run pass. But you have to get that physicality for the offensive linemen to go through their blocking schemes, making sure that you're pulling the right way. It gives the offensive line coaches more data to observe maybe where they can improve, whether it be splits, right? Are you too wide in your splits as an offensive lineman? That's one thing all line coaches look at. So I can't wait to hear from a Mike Munchak at some point. We won't necessarily hear from him, but for Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer, the next time they meet with the media, maybe we'll have a little bit more information on that. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to get into our defensive news and notes from day six at Broncos camp. But before we do that, folks, I have to tell you about the other sponsor of today's episode of the show. That's our good friends over there at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market and one of my favorite flavors is back that is peanut butter brownie i love peanut butter i love brownies and when you combine the best of both worlds into a protein bar that tastes legitimately like a candy bar and it's also healthy for you it doesn't get any better than that folks built bars they contain 100 chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew it's not like you take a bite into some protein bars and it feels like you're going to break your teeth it literally you bite through it like butter that's why i love built bar soft easy to chew. I could take it with me anywhere I want, especially if I haven't had breakfast or lunch in the day. I need something to give me a boost. Built Bar is my go-to. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting protein bar on the market, they are also the healthiest for you. 17 grams of protein in every bar, only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar. You need to try Built Bar today. And if you're tired of hearing me talk about it and you're on the fence like, hey, I want to try this, do so right now by going to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Once again, promo code LOCK15 is going to get you and your family 15% off your next order at Built. As we jump into the fourth quarter of today's episode, Locked On Broncos, day six of Broncos camp in the books. We're taking a look at the defensive side of the ball here for the Broncos. Kareem Jackson had a veteran's day off and obviously on a one-year deal for a guy who's in his 30s. I estimate you probably won't see him having too many consistent days in a row where he's going to practice. I think maybe if the Broncos practice four times in the week, he'll probably have one of those days off. So you want to preserve that specifically on the back end, and also having Kareem take a veteran's day off. He knows the defense in and out. It grants guys like Jamar Johnson, Caden Stearns, P.J. Locke, Trey Marshall, more opportunities to get reps on the defensive side of the ball. Plus, you can mix and match Patrick Sertan around if you'd like to. But outside of that, the Broncos getting some reps there with Caden Stearns here in, in Kareem Jackson's absence on Tuesday. Good, valuable experience for him. On some other news and notes, we know that Josie Jewell will be out at least 10 days. Well, nine now, according to Vic Fangio, dating back to what we learned on Monday who's dealing with a groin injury, some tightness there. We got to see a lot of Justin Sternod and Josh Watson in practice for the Broncos at inside backer alongside Alexander Johnson. And so being able to see those players work together, Justin Sternod, according to Vic Fangio, he said he's improved every single day and he's liked some things. There's some things he's seen from him so far. You got to go back on the tape, but there's a lot that you like, but there's also a lot that he has to improve on. And for a guy who's essentially a rookie this season, I think that I'm guilty of this, but I feel like I have, hyped up and I've created these high expectations for Sternod, but it's only because I know the potential that he has, right? So he may not be ready just yet, right? Or he could be ready and we just don't know yet. Vic Fangio, Reggie Herring, those guys will know when they have those personnel meetings and they talk about roster groupings and different packages. But Sternod has had a couple of impressive days at Broncos camp back to back and he's getting valuable reps with Josie Jewell being out. So we'll continue to monitor that. And this is a, a great opportunity for a guy like Sternod to carve a rollout for himself, maybe even be that third linebacker when Josie Jewell does return, but see rotational reps. And then you factor in Josh Watson, a key special teams guy. He'll have to contribute there and he'll be a weapon for Tom McMahon if he can make the active roster 
A lot of that will boil down to different positions. And if the Broncos have various guys at other positions that they feel like they need more on special teams and defense versus one guy who probably won't see too much time on defense, and I'm talking about Watson, it's something to keep an eye on there. So that's going to be something we look at through the three preseason games of action the Broncos will have. Obviously, you're going to have to go from 90 players to 85 after the first preseason game. you got to go from 85 to 80 after the second. And then after that third, you got to go from 80 all the way to 53. So a lot of cuts will be happening in the coming month here for all NFL teams across the board. So we'll see which guys the Broncos cut, which guys end up on the practice squad. We're a little bit of a long ways away from that. One player who stood out in Tuesday's practice, Jonathan Cooper, when the Broncos seventh round picks out of Ohio State, obviously missed rookie minicamp due to having a surgical procedure on his heart to fix a condition that he had but he is ready for training camp and he has been explosive. He's caused havoc. He had a couple of reps against Noah Fant where he's strong and he's physical, but he's also very athletic and he has a desire to work hard. And Vic Fangio had said, you meet some guys who love football, but you have to really push them to want to work hard. Working hard for Jonathan Cooper, he said, comes naturally. So he might actually be in the line for that outside linebacker four spot. Now, I know I've talked about Peter Tomopenu. We haven't heard too much from the Broncos just yet, and I don't think that we will until we see preseason action with these guys in reps. We've heard a little bit about Derek Tuska, but the same thing applies to him. I think Jonathan Cooper right now is in a position so far, right on paper, right? And it's a good investment because he's a draft pick and George Payton has found value over his time in Minnesota of these other late round picks and the Broncos with undrafted rookie free agents of coming in and playing a role in the defense right away. I think that the Broncos are just evaluating all their options, but Cooper certainly presents a high motor and it may be hard to keep him off the field for the Broncos this upcoming season. So we're going to keep an eye on Jonathan Cooper. Can't wait to see him in the preseason. But what about Bradley Chubb? Will we see Chubb play in any preseason action for the Broncos? According to Vic Fangio, he would like to see that happen, but he said that there's no guarantees. He even believes that Bradley Chubb would tell you it would be good to get a preseason game down just so you can get that first game of the offseason really out of the way before your regular season opener. Because the one thing is, a lot of times, I know from a mental aspect, when I think about it, I loved having preseason games when I played because it allowed me to find out how comfortable I am with the defensive scheme, some of the new things that we learned, new coverages that we implemented, implemented the offensive terminology and just getting that footing underneath you again before you get to the games that truly matter. Now, in my opinion, I think every game matters, even in the preseason, because in the preseason, what's at stake is roster spots, depth, uh, productivity, personnel packages. You have to be able to look at all these things here. Wins and losses don't necessarily matter, but you want to see guys grow and develop. That to me is the value of the preseason, the regular season. Winning matters, but also the same thing applies growth and development along the way while hopefully winning games is the formula that the Broncos are chasing under George Payton. I think that they will eventually get there. They have a talented roster, but can they piece things together? Can the offense get going? To me, that is the biggest obstacle and question mark right now so far at this point of the offseason. Can the offense take the next step? But then again, I'm not telling anybody any new information that they don't already know themselves. Outside of that, like I mentioned earlier, Justin Sternod getting work with the inside backers. Outside of that, rotation, Patrick Sertan worked a little bit more on the right side, boundary corner alongside with Kyle Fuller uh, in the Broncos base package, getting some more reps there. Obviously, he, Bryce Callahan, various other corners, they play inside the dime and the nickel. Vic Fangio obviously rotating a bunch of different guys around to just get different looks. And look, that bodes well for the Broncos because you could play chess against everybody else, specifically against these spread teams that like to go empty. They'll go three receivers to one side, two to the other, or they may even add a running back inside the slot. But it's all about trying to factor in that perfect combination of being able to get pressure respecting the run while also being able to cover the pass. When we put it out like that, it sounds simple. But when you think about it logistically with personnel, how do you do that? 
that is one of the toughest challenges of being a defensive coordinator. And I, you know, there's so many people out there that watch a game or that have played Madden and they're like, oh, you know, I could have done this on this play. We could do this on this play. But the reality is coming from somebody who's coached, I've been a defensive coordinator. That first game you ever have as a D coordinator, when you have your base package that you're going to go in defensively, you have your base call and they start gashing you and you're like, how do I adjust? It's like piss running down your leg a little bit. Vic Fangio is so experienced in this. It's not really an issue because we see the Broncos defense adjust very quickly. But I think that this message to all the people out there that think they can call defense better or offense better, it is such a different game when you actually coach and you have to make these adjustments on the fly from the sideline and relying on somebody in your ear who's in the, the box up above you to give that information to you to make those necessary adjustments. Now, Vic Fangio, Ed Donatel, those guys are at the point. They have enough experience. They're on the sideline. They see what happens. They hear from the guy in the box, but they make their adjustments according to what they get on the tape really quickly, and it's super quick and seamless for them. So a lot of NFL experience for those guys, but we'll continue to monitor all the storylines here at Broncos camp all throughout this week. Day 7 coming up on Wednesday at the UCL Training Center. We're going to have you covered with reaction after practice concludes. We hear from coaches and players on Wednesday's episode of Lockdown Broncos. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the show. Just a reminder, hit that subscribe button here on YouTube so you can get daily video coverage, content, and access to all things Denver Broncos related. And if you're on the go all the time, if you're traveling and you like podcasts, we have a podcast for you. Lockdown Broncos is available on all of your favorite audio podcasting platforms. Make sure you hit that follower subscribe button so you never miss out for Broncos country I'm Cody Rourke host of the show looking forward to talking more Broncos football with you tomorrow